State of the Industry podcast. This episode is brought to you by KP Movement Education, your source for health and movement education and coaching. Whether you are a health or fitness professional, a fitness consumer, or perhaps a passive bystander, KP believes that everyone deserves the right to pain-free movement. That's why their memberships and services are designed to educate, empower, and inspire you to create a culture of movement for yourself and those around you. With two membership options, you'll find education surrounding developing at-home training programs for yourself or for others, mental health and exercise, lifestyle medicine, and much, much more. Check it out at kineticperformance.ca backslash memberships. That's kineticperformance.ca backslash memberships. Hey, FitFam, welcome back to the State of the Industry podcast. I am your host, Adam Youngsma. In this episode, we bring you part two of my conversation with Farrell Hruska, the Director of Education and Culture at Choose Fitness. We get a little bit more into the practical side, conversations to have and the importance of training and being a role model, particularly during pre- and postnatal periods, as well as how emotions can be superpowers in the gym through some reframing of our coaching cues. So uh, sit back, relax, and I hope that this will speak into not only your client's training, but also your own training as well. We will see you on the other side. Welcome to part two, Farrell. Thank you for, um, well, still being on, I guess. This is just a continuation of our first conversation. <laughs> welcome. I wanted to pick up right where we left off in part one and, and really get into some of the practical pieces and, and starting off with some of the different types of conversations that are necessary at different points in a woman's life when you're specifically as a, a trainer, a fitness instructor, somebody working on uh, you know, strength and conditioning coach, worth working with young athletes as an example as well. But some of the different conversations that need to take place or should take place at least at each of those stages of life. Can you just kind of walk um, the listeners through some of those conversations and why they're important? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that um, just in general, you know, jumping back a little bit to that, that statement of, of women are complicated creatures. Um, part of that complication is the fact that we are, we're just, we're emotive. We, um, we emote a lot and um, some of which feels out of our control. However, <clears throat> if we can harness some of those emotions, we actually can use them as power. Um, I see it as our superpower. And so, you know, knowing how strong our emotions can be, if we can um, have conversations with our female clients, whether they're going through puberty, um, pregnancy, or postpartum or menopause, um, to actually help them understand that, that, that the generation of that, that emotion can actually be used to propel us through to performance, to a better state, um, versus thinking it's a weakness. And I think that for a long time, society has sort of dictated that or made that the narrative, you know, that we're, we're not as stable mm -hmm. because we are so emotional. 
um, we were, we make rash decisions or we could because our emotions are high. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in puberty, helping our, our young women kind of look at some of the fears, looking at some of the, um, the intense emotion that comes with the hormonal changes for her to understand that if she were to take that energy, which really it, it's just solid energy and to start putting it towards um, either a shift in mindset or putting it towards, um, you know, performance in a sport, um, she's going to be far more powerful than any male counterpart who is who is doing their best, but not emotionally driven. So I'm of the mindset, whether it's sport, work, life, relationship, um, that if you can power your decisions and power your movements from emotion, you are going to get so much farther than if you power it by sheer um, just cognitive energy, right? Mm. So if you know what to do and how to do it, you are going to get far if you work hard. If you know what to do, how to do it, why you're doing it, and from what like guttural place you can draw from, you're going to get that much further. And again, that comes into anything that you're doing. Um, If there is an emotion that's driving it, your your performance, your end result, your success, your um, um, satisfaction is going to be way higher um, than if you are going through the paces, even if you work really hard. so from a puberty standpoint, that un- uncertainty, that, that those bursts of emotion are the ones that if, if looked at as power or as superpowers, we can reframe, we can change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, this goes through all the different phases of life, but I, I don't know if you recently saw, it was probably within the last couple of years, but it was um, Serena Williams. Uh, she yep. was narrating the I, Nike commercial. Okay. And um, look it up if you haven't seen it. But she says, you know, they call us um, irrational. They call us whatever. And showing yeah. all the different, all these different women athletes kind of, quote unquote, losing it. Yeah. Right. Whereas if a man, he just gets, he's, he's, you know, he doesn't, it's not upset. He's just like driven or something. Right. It's yeah. a very different way of looking Competitive, at Competitive. He's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got drive. But um, we do it and we're, we, we've gone off the handle or, um, and at the end, she said, you call me crazy. I'll show you my crazy. Yeah. It's just like, and it's, yeah. and it's all about that. It's all about channeling our emotion and how as, as women and men need to do their part too, but we need to start seeing that as, as a power versus a, a handicap. Yeah. Um, and then that comes in play too during pregnancy, right? Because that shift in identity, that um, feeling as if her body is, out of her control, you know, the way that we can start changing that narrative is actually with education. It's with a trainer understanding the potential changes that are happening in her body, sharing those changes so that she understands why she's feeling the way that she's feeling, and then taking that and moving even further to, because this is happening, this is how we're going to change your programming, and this is Mm -hmm. how it's going to make you feel. You know, everything, once we understand why in almost any situation, we can then be more productive with how we handle that situation. It makes sense. Um, so if I am um, an athlete and I'm in my second or third trimester and I'm trying to do speed and agility drills, but I don't feel like I'm as stable, if I understand, okay, here's the deal. You've got relaxant flowing through your body. It makes your joints unstable. Um, you have a weight distribution shift um, that is mo- the most profound it will be in the nine months that you're pregnant. 
that's why you're feeling unstable. We're gonna start with some foundational movements. It's gonna help with core strength and, and in hip stability. And then you're gonna be able to progress into here. But if I'm just moving through what I would normally do and not feeling successful, it's gonna feel as if I'm, everything is wrong. Yeah. Right? Versus, okay, no, actually this is what's happening in your body. This is why, and this is what we're gonna to do to right the ship. So, and then the other part of that pregnancy conversation, as I mentioned earlier, is um, you need to really own the fact that as at this moment in your healthy pregnancy, you are truly an athlete. And we need you to embrace that athlete mentality mm -hmm. because how you fuel your body, how you move your body is the same thing as an athlete preparing for a major competition. Yeah. You're preparing for an event and it's labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. And then the post event is parenting. And that's a whole nother <laughs> category that we can prepare for as well. But again, it's the same mindset. You're in training mode and the event is labor and delivery. And so getting the mind right around that and, and helping her feel powerful because she is, um, again, it just changes the conversation. It changes yeah. the narrative. Um, and then the same thing with regard to menopause, more, more than anything, it's um, for me, when I talk to women who are going through it, changing the mindset to this is something I have to go through versus something I get to, mm -hmm. you know, and that it's, it's an honor and a privilege to get another year. It's an honor and a privilege to have another chapter in your life. And yes, some of that's going to be hard and we'll, we'll move through it, but some people don't get to see menopause. Mm -hmm. And so what are we going to do with it? How are we going to approach it? Is it with grace and dignity and, and um, power and um, self-efficacy? Or is it yeah. the other road? Because either way, that'll be your reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like I see, I see something like that as being like when we're talking about menopause specifically as being like a stage in life where you're able to speak like, not that you haven't in the past, but it's like, it's your, it's, you've earned the right to kind of be in that stage of life. As you said, like some people don't ever get there mm -hmm. and you're now able to speak to because you've now went through it all, like all three different stages that we just talked about, you're able to speak into each and every one of them. Right. So I look at, um, you know, my parents, I look at, well, specifically my mom, I look at uh, my mother-in-law and like just the wisdom that they have from having experienced all of that. And just the, the level of understanding that they have towards people and emotions. And it's far different than you often see in, in the males because they haven't gone through that. Right. Like you said yourself that most, uh, most people have seen that, that the emotional side as a handicap. Right. And, and specifically probably from the male perspective is like, well, oh, here she goes again, going off the handle, right? Like sure. letting emotions take control. Sure, understandably. Yeah. And uh, and I, I like what you said about this has to start when they're young, right? When you first start to see emotions come out. And I know I've, I've like my wife and I have talked a lot about this, about how we're going to kind of work through things like crying, right? Which, you know, um, traditionally, if you've seen like, men and crying didn't go together, right? Men weren't emotional. Men don't do that. Like you don't cry. You, you know, you put up that brave face and you go through that. But being able to acknowledge the emotion, acknowledge that it is there, it is happening. And, you know, understand that that is a, a normal emotion to have, a normal feeling to have, and it's actually a healthy feeling to have. 
And just because um, women are, I don't want to say better able, but more inclined, I guess, to to show emotion, right? Is as you said, is a superpower, and that they're able to then not only use that emotion to drive them more, but also understand other people's drives and emotions and that as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think when we're talking about conversations, not only conversations that a trainer has to have with a, 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 a female or a woman client, but also having that client then have that same conversation with themselves to reassure them that this is something that's okay. Right. right? Well, and speaking of conversations, I mean, to be honest with you, I've learned a lot more from my kids than I ever thought. I would, mm-hmm. or that I maybe even that I've taught them. And so just a really quick story is <clears throat> my middle daughter was just having a morning and, and we we're trying to get ready for school. And it was like seven and she had like, you know, stubbed her toe and dropped something and broke it and hit her head. And it, it was like just a cacophony of, of issues. And we're walking to school and it wasn't, we, it wasn't even eight yet. Now. And she said, this is the worst day ever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, learning moment, right? So I crouched down and I started talking to her about reframing the way that she's thinking and, you know, it's going on and on and I just, she just went blank mm-hmm. and she just looked at me and she's still crying sidewalk. And she said, mom, sometimes I just need a hug. Hmm. I went, right. So we yeah. hugged it out and we were on our way. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, really it. it was that she needed to just get that out. She needed to be held and, and we can move on now. Yeah. Thanks, mom. You've served your purpose. <laughs> you know, it's not always a learning moment. Sometimes you just need to get get the emotion out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my wife warned me early on. Actually, she warned me about her entire family, and Good. that they're they're they're. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but they're criers, right? Like yeah. they they have a lot, and sometimes like I've I've come home a couple times, and she's just crying, and I'm like mm-hmm. instantly when somebody's crying from my background i'm like i'm there's something wrong like something's happened she's like i just have an an overwhelming feeling of emotion and it just needed to get out and this is how it's getting out right Right. um and like i'm i'm actually amazed that somebody can be that in tune with their own emotion to understand i just need i just i just i just need to i just need a good cry like i just feel like i haven't cried in a while and there's a lot of pent up emotion. I don't know necessarily where it all came from or how it's been right. piling on or how I've let it maybe get to this point, but I just need to get it out. Yeah. Right. So I think being able to see emotion, regardless of whether it's, you know, um, you know, what we see as a random, you know, in quotation marks, a random cry, or whether it's a, a little bit of a, you know, what we'd maybe term, you know, once again, in quotation marks, a hissy fit or whatever it is, right. It's just, mm-hmm. there's emotion there that, that needed to get out. And right. I think also, and this goes to a parenting piece, which we won't touch on, but also giving them the, the proper strategies to help them release that emotion in a very healthy manner, right? I think is very important for, for young women as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so when we're looking at, you mentioned earlier on about the habits, specifically the healthy habits that are developed in pregnancy. Mm-hmm are better able to stick than say maybe habits that are developed before that. And can you just one talk about why that is? Um, And then some healthy habits that you would want a, um, a a young mother to like instill in herself so that she can then obviously be that mentor, that, that uh, role model for her children 
as as right. they grow. Right. Well, I'm sure you know someone else could go deeper into the the psychological research around around that. But from what the 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 work that I've done, basically, if you put it in the simplest form, is that a woman who um, has come into pregnancy is well aware that it's not just about her anymore. Mm-hmm. So prior to becoming pregnant, it was easy to just sort of try something and then give up or, you know, this didn't work because I tried it for five days and I didn't lose the weight or whatever it might have been. It was the results weren't coming. So whatever. Um, and I know it, it's much deeper than that flippant statement. But um, when a woman becomes pregnant, again, it's this heightened awareness that my body is is um, is not just for me. It's for this child. And so from a psychological standpoint, she's ready to commit to something um, that that runs much deeper than maybe where she had been prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when women are studied from a behavior standpoint after having babies, if, if they had made those changes, in other words, eating relatively clean and moving their body every day, they tend to then carry those same habits at the end or postpartum. And if a trainer can position the conversation in the right way, the mom will then realize, okay, now you are the role model for this child. And when the child is trying to figure out how to prioritize self, they're going to look to how mom prioritizes self. Mm -hmm. And if mom has put herself on the back burner, then it's pretty likely that the child might, might do the same. And I tell you what, if you tell a a mom, um, what would you, how would you feel if your child had the same negative self-talk? that you're delivering to yourself, to themselves, what would that break your heart? And it's hundred percent, absolutely break my heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then why are we, why are you doing it to yourself? Because yeah. you are who they're looking to for role modeling. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a cheesy overused statement, but it's, you know, when you're on a plane, there's a reason why they say, put your oxygen mask on first. You yeah. cannot effectively care for another human being without caring for yourself first. Yeah. And not only are you not there, hundred percent for them in a, in a very healthy state mentally and physically. Um, but you're showing them that, you know, you can talk the talk, but you're not going to walk the walk. So why would they, Yeah. um, you know, oftentimes it, it comes down to, to them taking care of themselves if something were to happen. So for example, you know, I've talked to many women, moms who you're dealing with a knee pain or a back pain or, you know, something. And I would just refrain the question and say, you know, I, I understand you're dealing with knee pain. How long have you been dealing with that? Well, about six weeks. Okay. So if your child came to you and you can initially see that smile go on their face, yeah. they had the kind of pain that you're talking about. Would you go six weeks before addressing that? No. Okay. So let's take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Why in any way would you be different from that? And how yeah. is that in any way serving your child? And again, if it's, it's a little bit of a guilt tactic, yeah. but if you can turn this around to say, if you do this, you're actually going to take care of your children better. And yeah. I think about that when it comes to even just cueing an exercise. So I know we're getting to time, but like, for example, if you're cueing a row, like with a resistance band anchored at chest height, mm-hmm. right? I can say, take those handles, pull it back, you know, squeeze your shoulder blades together. Okay. All right, now really drop your shoulders down, engage the muscles around your shoulder blades, make sure that when you pull back, your core is engaged and you're gonna have increased strength in your upper back, which will help with your posture. Awesome. Now, another layer of that is when you have healthy posture, when you are in alignment, you're actually stronger to, um, 
to do the, the steps that you need to do to care for your child. In other words, nursing and holding, feeding, caring for that baby. So you're going to feel stronger as a mom in this exercise. Mm-hmm. She's gone from pulling on this band to using that exercise to know that she'll then mom better. Yeah. Right. When we understand those, those layers, she's definitely way more inclined to um, buy into this exercise because she understands it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, like a lot of the, the research on coaching, cueing, um, just like learning in general, a lot of it is pointed to that external cueing, right? Linking it to something that's important to them and how it's going to benefit them. Not mm-hmm. in the, like, and I say this so often because I think it's just so lost in, in a lot of people in this industry mm-hmm. is that what you're doing with a client in the gym has nothing to do with the gym. Right. Right. Like it is not about getting PRs. It's not about lifting max weight and squats and deadlifts and bench press. Fantastic. That's great. But look, being able, like as the personal trainer, oftentimes you have to be the person with the 30,000 foot view, being able to see into the future and link things that a client just isn't thinking about. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they don't think about you. Uh, deadlifting as you being able to pick things up out of a trunk of a car or off of the ground or pick a child up or, you know, if they've injured themselves, being able to pick them up off the floor without injuring your own self. Mm-hmm. And I, I think being able to link that and and have that more, that holistic wider angle on what fitness is really about is creating longevity, vitality, pain-free movements for all stages of life, not just right now. Right. I think in, in a lot of people is lost. And I think many trainers would do very well if they started to link things to what they're actually going to be doing, but actually thought about it, not just, you know, the blanket statements like, well, squatting is going to help you lift things and deadlifting is going to help you lift things and pressing is going to help you push open doors and like, <laughs> right. But actually link right. it to life. Like, like mm-hmm. as you're saying with a, with a, a either a soon to be, so a prenatal postnatal, right. uh, mom like how is this going to help them be better at at how they're going to probably view like how they're probably going to view themselves is now they're a mom right they're not it's not me it's me and you know my my child they're a mom now and that's how they see themselves so how is it going to help them be better at what they do right why does it matter yeah so um yeah uh, i i absolutely love yeah i love that conversation about um, developing those habits and, and being that role model. And I love what you said ab- about the, the motivation for change and kind of just switching the mindset a little bit in order to have them become a better role model for their, their, their child as well. I really, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, would you say, I, I guess, I, I'm assuming that you just put more emphasis while like in that prenatal stage, um, you know, during pregnancy, you put more of an emphasis on kind of switching the mindset in the woman towards the baby, as opposed to, you know, before that they, you know, like you're still probably in the gym wanting to be healthy, but then you have to switch that mindset to, okay, how do we be better at being a mom when we need to being a better 
caregiver, a better role model to our child, right? Is that am I correct in that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's not necessarily shifting it completely to to now it's about baby, but rather now it's about you and baby. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you are making decisions, it needs to first benefit you and your health, and then you need to understand how that then will affect baby. So, you know, also sharing research around, you know, babies that come from exercising moms, their um, their cognitive results upon birth are even improved. Um, mm-hmm. And so knowing that exercise just as a general statement is not just okay during pregnancy, it's recommended. And so, you know, having them know that what they're doing is beneficial to not just them, but also to baby. So it's, it's an and statement, right? Yeah. Versus, you know, now it's all about baby. It's about yeah. you and you're this vessel for human growth. So yeah. let's take care of that vessel, yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I honestly, like we could probably continue to chat. And as you said, you, you do like a two day talk on just right. prenatal. So uh, we, we won't, um, we won't do that. Maybe I'll just have to attend one of your courses at some point or That'd be awesome. um, yeah. maybe when we get back to live conferences, we'll oh. sit down for a drink or something, or I'll come to a couple of your sessions, you know, if they don't clash yeah. with all of mine, but all yeah. Okay. Yeah. All of them. Okay. Um, Okay, so I want to do a quick little lightning round that I like to do with uh, most of the people who come on. And I just want to ask you just three quick questions. Um, Don't overthink it. I'm not going to hold you to all these answers later on in life. So um, first question that I have is, what are your top three books on any topic? They do not actually have to be about this topic at all. They can be uh, fiction, nonfiction. It's really up to, to you. Top three books. Um, okay. It's going to sound silly, but it's a children's book called the giving tree. Okay. Your, yeah. your wife might know. Oh, she, I'm, I guarantee you she knows that. Yeah. I've heard it. If I've heard it, she knows it. Great so, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Atlas Shrugged by okay. uh, Ayn Rand. It's an old, old book. Um, yeah. it's classic. Um, it's really long with really small words, so it might take a while, but it's a really, um, great, um, it's just a really great read um, around society and um, community. Okay. And um, Exercising Through Your Pregnancy is actually a book by a very um, well-known researcher in that field. And his name is Dr. James Clapp. Okay. And it's, he's done a lot of research for decades, and it's, it's just a really good read. Awesome. And you can geek out on that, obviously. Yeah, I might have to give it as a gift to a couple of people. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> top three mentors through your journey thus far. So specifically surrounding fitness, health, pre-postnatal education, top three people who've just spoke into that journey for you. Um, I'm uh, at this moment, I might be able to only pick two if that's okay. okay. That's fine. Um, in the fitness journey, it's been uh, my very, very good friend and colleague for a while is Amy Thompson. Yeah. Uh, now VP of IDEA. Um, we worked for years together, um, and um, she's just been a friend and a mentor for a very long time, and also just um, a sister in motherhood as well. Yeah. So for her, for sure, her. And then I, I, it's again cheesy, but my mom. Nice. Um, you know, she's she's been one of those mentors that she didn't realize she was just by living her life in the way that she did. Mm-hmm. Always been an athlete. Um, has gone through a bunch of health issues and has remained one of the strongest humans I've ever met, mm-hmm. let alone, you know, um, 
the strongest women. So yeah. I have to say those two at this awesome. point. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, we can keep it at two for those two. That's fine. Okay. Thanks. Uh, all right. And then the last one, kind of a funny one. What would Farrell of today say to 20 year old Farrell? Hmm. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> How long you got? Adam? Yeah. No. Um, what would I say to 20 year old Farrell? I would say, um, uh, be curious, um, that the world is much bigger than you think right now. Um, and that there, there are opportunities everywhere. You just have to be open to seeing them. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love, I love hearing people's answer to that, that one specifically. Um, like the books is cool because it gives me a, a new reading list. <laughs> Not that my reading list isn't already long, but it gives me some different perspective, like different ideas, right? So like yeah. I've heard a lot of people, they'll give me a lot of business books or a lot of marketing books. And then, you know, I have other people who give me more, the giving tree. Yeah. Like children's books, kind of <laughs> uh, read. easier reads. I'll probably pick that one up and read that one. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Because that's probably more my speed with regards to how quickly I read. <laughs> if it's not well, in an audio book. Yeah. If it's not in an audio book, it usually like, it's really difficult for me, but right. I, I follow along with the real book while I'm listening to the audio book and I listen to yeah. it at like 1.5 times. So I'm quickly right. going through it. And then if I hear anything, I stop and I read it. Yeah. Because uh, I'm my, my reading, um, I'm very slow. It's so bad. So it's okay. I wish I would have focused more on that when I was younger. <laughs> All right. Um, so just to wrap up, do you have any um, projects that you're currently working on that you would like to promote? Anything that you currently are doing either with Idea or Choose Fitness or anybody else? Um, just a, a few things. I'm going to be doing a webinar um, with actually with ACE um, mm -hmm. in a couple of months and it's women in weightlifting. So, you know, understanding the benefit, why, why a lot of women steer away from it, why it could benefit them um, in a number of ways. So that, that'll be coming up in the next couple of months. Awesome. Um, you know, I have a few things that have been recorded and, and written for idea as well. So just doing a search there would be great. Um, and then, you know, this doesn't benefit me specifically, but it benefits our industry. And that is ACE just recently put out a new uh, study program and a new personal training manual that um, the study program, I was actually the subject matter expert for the video content for pre and awesome. postnatal, which was really um, an honor to be a part of and, and to be able to expand. It's, it always, in my opinion, needs to be bigger in a personal training certification. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's bigger than it's been before. So nice. it's a really good um, study tool for the for their personal training certification. So just awesome. check that out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then um, is where can the audience go to maybe find out more about you, what you do? Um, do you do you run courses yourself? Like do you actually have courses that you are open to trainers or fitness yeah. instructors? You know, I have in the past um, with the work that I'm doing now with Choose and then the, um, the presenter circuit, I'm not doing any at the moment, mm -hmm. um, but people can always, you know, if they're, if they're interested in, in being a trainer or a coach for Choose Fitness, you can always check out choosefitness.com okay. um, or group X instructor as well. And then just, you know, stay connected on Facebook and Instagram. I'm happy to share ideas and answer questions awesome. um, in any, in any category um, there. I have 
things that I've done for ACE and IDEA. So if you do a search there as well. Yeah, I know I've seen um, before this, obviously, to get some of the questions. Um, I listened to a few of the different videos that you've done with, yeah. uh, I think, ACE more recently. Mm-hmm. You, you did one. So I kind of listened to that to get a few of the topics for today. But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure to not only speak again, because it's been pretty much a year since yeah. we actually talked, um, but also just for your willingness to share all of this information, which I feel is super valuable for not only myself, but this industry as well. So just thank you for coming on and sharing that with us. Absolutely. Happy to, Adam. It's good to see you again. State of the Industry Podcast. I'll be back.